The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Nicholas Grigoretti Show. I am your host, Nicholas Grigoretti, and I hope you guys have had a better Monday than I have. I usually set aside Mondays for administration on my business, just doing a bunch of odds and ends, but also for content creation and just it's my general hustle day. I like to get a lot done on Monday. I'm a big believer in the idea how you start something is how it ends, including how you start your week. So generally, if you start your Monday really well, or you start your week with a good Monday, the rest of your week flows pretty well. And I can almost always do that. I almost always have a great Monday, but today's was just, it just didn't come together for several reasons. And I spoke to my very close friend, confidant and mentor, Rocco Jarman, who's also a sponsor of the show. And he really helped me with, with something. He helped me see that, you know, there's two ways I can, I can deal with this feeling that I'm having, which is basically a feeling of guilt and regret and beating up on myself for not having achieved at the level I wanted to today. So he said, I can continue doing that or I can, I can have some compassion for myself and understand what led to this and promise myself that I will try better next time. And it's not easy, but I'm endeavoring to take option two. That's just one of the many pieces of wisdom, one of the ways in which Rocco helps me. He's helped, helped me so much over the last year. And I don't even know where I'd be without that guy. He is such a powerful teacher and mentor. And if you are dealing with challenges in your life, this, this is the guy who can help you more than anyone else can. I really stand by that. I stand by what I'm saying. He's doing free 30-minute sessions, so you can really understand the power of, of what he has to offer just by jumping on a 30-minute a call with him. I suggest you do that by heading on over to eyeswideopenlife.org, and you can find out all about his stuff there. And even if you don't need a session with Rocco, go listen to his podcast. It's great. He's... Uh, an excellent interviewer and he also does several solo podcasts in which he details his philosophies and you'll, you'll get a lot out of those. Again, you can find that at eyeswideopenlife.org. I want to remind you guys about my other sponsor, which is Bob's Naturals. And in particular, they make amazing health products, but the one I use more often than not is collagen. If you're not yet taking collagen, what's wrong with you? You got to get on that, that train it's so, so good for you. I remember visiting my mother and father in South Africa a few years ago, and I hadn't seen them for a while. And when you're, when you're away from your parents for a long time, what happens is you usually get pretty shocked by how quickly or how much they've aged when you see them again. And I hadn't seen my parents for two years, and the truth is they had aged a lot. I'm sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, but you guys are getting old. But my mom, one thing I... I was really impressed with my mom 
uh, is her skin was still pretty good for like a 73, 74 year old woman. And she told me she'd been taking collagen. This was about two years ago, maybe even a little bit longer, two and a half years ago. And that was one of the first things that planted the seed in my mind about collagen. Uh, over, b between then and now, I, I did start taking collagen on, on my own initiative. I was taking a brand I bought on Amazon. Uh, and then I had Sean Lake, the founder of Bob's Naturals, on the show. And I didn't even know his company sold collagen. But then I went on his site and checked it out. And he very kindly sent me over some uh, some of their collagen and I, I used it and it was way better than the one I'd been using. It just mixed more easily and digested more easily and I could just tell it was a higher quality product. And so I started using that and it's, uh, it's been fantastic. If you want to get some, head on over to bubsnaturals.com and use the coupon code NickG20 and you'll get 20% off. That's N-I-C, the letter G for golf and then the number 2 and 0 as your coupon code and you'll get that 20% off. Okay, guys, let's dive right into this episode with Dean Innes. Enjoy. Mr. Dean Innes, thank you so much for your time, my man. So happy to have you on the show. I'm really excited to be here, Nick. Thanks for having yeah. me. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you got to say. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm the same. I mean, your, your bio caught me because you're, the, you're a strategist, entrepreneur, and managing partner at your best life now. That's the name of your business. And man, that's, that's what I'm about. The living your best life, really. Like that's my, my mission in life is to live the best possible life I can. Uh, I know you, you escaped corporate America. I use that very specific word escape because um, I, I worked in corporate for a very short while. I wouldn't even call it working in corporate. I had a, I think a three, two, three month stints right after college. And Towards the end of the second, third month stint, I just said, this is not for me. I was like, I'll die if I continue to do this. So I'd love to know how you, you got to that place where you, it's a, my understanding you were pretty successful in corporate America. And then you said, no, nah, I'm out. You know, um, I, I was, I had a, a pretty diverse background and, and when I got out of college back in 85, uh, I wanted to be in the FBI. And so um, you know, we had a real recession then. I, I hear people talk about recession and, and they really don't understand the word. Uh, recession back then, we had 17% uh, mortgage rates. We had 13% uh, unemployment, 11% inflation, and the government had a hiring freeze. So when I got out of college, all excited to go into the FBI, they said, look, we can't hire anybody, but why don't you go local law enforcement? This probably is only going to last a couple of years. And, and with your background, we'll bring you in. And uh, I said, okay. So I, <laughs> I went to the police academy, graduated top of my class, uh, making a uh, whopping $15,000 a year, getting mm -hmm. shot at and, and uh, dealing <laughs> with drugs and everything else. And, uh, you know, actually learned a lot about serving people because that's what most cops do most of the time is take care of others and serve mm -hmm. others. So it was good, but I, I really wanted to do something a little more. So um, I got recruited by, uh, back then it was a large bank and uh, uh, went to work for them and uh, started to do really well. Uh, I liked their premise, their, their, their setup. It was a small branch operation. They had excellent training and all of that. And, and I, I grew into that position and became a fix-it man with them. So I went uh, 11 years with them and then got offered another job. And like most people in, in corporate America, you know, back then you're trained to look for retirement, 
uh, decent income and stability. Stability was what everybody was thinking about back in the 80s and 90s. And uh, I, I took the second job, opened my eyes up to what uh, being kind of an entrepreneur could be. They, uh, I was an account executive for a large wholesale mortgage bank, but they pretty much let you run your business. So I started doing that and uh, enjoying it and recruited my own team. And, and, you know, as long as I existed in their parameters, they wanted success and, and they let you do it your way. So it kind of gave me the best of both worlds. And then it quadrupled my income because um, I was able to do things outside of those parameters in, in develop skill sets to work with customers and clients and, and uh, the people I was training. Well, then uh, my wife and I had a son and I was traveling too much. So I went back and got offered a job as a, a large uh, president and CEO of a large regional mortgage bank. And I took that job so I could be at home. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to be honest, that's where the seeds of me leaving corporate America were laid because uh, I, I got back into what I call adult daycare. I had a large number of employees. Um, I had uh, staff that I didn't get to hire and pick and uh, it, you, great people, all of them. But when you don't have a say in it, it kind of you have to operate in more stricter parameters. You go from mm -hmm. having that openness and so I did that successfully because uh, it gave me the latitude I needed to be a, a good dad. So I got to teach my son, uh, coach him in T-ball all the way through football, be at all of his events. Well, a few years back, I was just saying, you know, I got to get out of this. And uh, I had set some goals early in life that I was able to hit. And so I just said, you know, I'm done. And yeah. uh, it was the best day of my professional career. Uh, because I didn't have to worry about it. And I felt such a sense of freedom, you know, not to worry about those things that every American and everybody worries about, you know, how am I going to pay the bills and everything? I'd set my goals up so that I didn't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And so when I left, uh, it was great. And and then I'll tell you what, uh, one of my current partners, I have several businesses now, he mm -hmm. let me, I retired for about eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, I want to talk to you about some stuff. So then we got involved in some businesses and one of them is YBL. Oh, cool. So long and, story, uh, long story, but got you there. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I uh, you know, I think I'm not someone who hates corporations. I think they do incredible things for the world, you know, and, and I just think that that particular life path, uh, you have to be a, a very specific kind of individual to, to really enjoy it. I think for the vast majority of it, majority of us, it's very stifling and there's a lack of um, potential to exercise your creative abilities. There's a lack of freedom, as you said. I mean, that's one of the, the things about my life that I'm, I'm not prepared to compromise is, is freedom and, and um, personal autonomy and personal so sovereignty. So it's just not compatible with who I am. But I, I sometimes wish I was. I sometimes wish I could just wake up and know that, okay, from nine to five, I'm going to be in this place and these people are going to tell me what to do and everything's taken care of and I just need to show up, right? Because it can be difficult when you take the reins of your own life. Sometimes there's a Nietzsche quote I'm, I'm very fond of, which says, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says, uh, when, you, when you choose your own path, very often you're alone and sometimes you're afraid, but no price is too great to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. And to me, that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to is I don't have uh, a company watching out for me, but I own myself. 
you know, no one owns me. And um, well, enough of that rant. Uh, I, I want to know well, a little bit more I, about I think, I think what you said is, is so powerful for two reasons, Nick. One of the things is, as I look across America now, and I, I do a lot of strategizing, I tell people, I say, you know, um, corporate America did do some good things. And it does provide some certainty, that word that really doesn't exist. Because even when you're self-employed, there's no certainty other than you have some direction that you choose to take. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're working for somebody else, you do give up that that uh, ability to make decisions based in a, a framework. But mm -hmm. I think that what I've found, because my energy level has exploded since I've done that, um, mm -hmm. that that freedom to dictate your own future, if you accept it and embrace it, even though there's fear, you you can get past that fear. And, and you and I both know, studying the martial arts our whole life, right? Um, everything requires a certain amount of discipline to make that technique work, mm. you know, to make that punch perfect, to make that kick perfect. And it takes effort and, and continuing effort and muscle memory and then doing it again. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with this. Once you've made that decision to have that freedom, yeah, it takes some discipline. Sure. I tell people all the time, it is simple. It's just not easy. Yeah, right. And uh one of the things i'm fond of saying you said it's this fear involved but what i've realized is that the game the, the human game is set up in such a way that everything that you want is on the other side of fear fear is the cost of entry to getting into the like I, the way i imagine in my mind is there's this meadow which is basically like a, a utopia where that's pretend that's possible for a human being right when you've got total autonomy, you've got financial freedom, you've got um, personal sovereignty and, and all these different things. And to get access to that meadow, you have to pass through a gate and that gate is fear. And the reason that gate exists is because if it didn't, everyone would be there and they would probably get messed up, right? Like, <laughs> so it's just a theory of mine. It may not be accurate, but I, it's, it's what I, it's my current perspective. So, um, Dean, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, there's certain things I want to talk about with regards to what you do at your best life now, but I want to bounce around a little bit. I've I've been asking some um, off the wall questions to my guests lately, because I just want to inject a bit of creativity and uniqueness into the show. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one. Um, I'm going to take us off track. Who or what is the greatest love of your life? Um, you know, I would say family. And uh, family takes on a large definition. But right now, you know, my son and my wife, um, family and, uh, you know, being raised, my dad was in the military and being through the martial arts, you, you get this long term thought process, I believe, you know, uh, Eastern philosophy is this way. And, and being in America is like this. You only see what's in front of your face. You need it. You got to have it. Right. <laughs> well, I think that it is so important to me, not only, um, and this might sound a little sexist, but as a man growing up, uh, my dad died when he was younger than me. And, and my mom wasn't quite in the position financially that she should have been. So mm -hmm. it changed my goals and philosophy. In other words, once I embraced being a family man, that that meant taking care of my family, myself, like you said, personal sovereignty, uh, mm -hmm. owning that. And so 
you know, my passion to be successful in corporate America and now outside of corporate America um, to take my fitness seriously so that I could be there for my son because I didn't have my son until I was 40. And so now he's getting ready to go to college. And I feel like, you know, those things drove me, but they also gave me enormous reward because going through those gates of fear as a father, what you're going to screw up. You don't know what, there's no manual, right? So what am I going to do wrong? What am I going to do right? And then constantly evaluating yourself uh, from a place of trying to be better instead of fear. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get past fear, right? It's okay. I'm going to take that jump, but is it going to make me stronger? It's going to make me better. And then being able to evaluate it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those things have been really important to me, not just for them, but for myself. And so simply put, my family and, and my extended family and people that I strategize with now, it's such a powerful group of people mm-hmm. that my family is extending and I accept that same responsibility for them. Wow, that's cool. And I love that love is really, you know, you can see it in me. Um, I, I love what I do. I mm-hmm. love who I'm becoming and I'm wow. still becoming. <laughs> that's interesting. I've, I've had a, a big understanding it's been my biggest understanding of my adult life it's uh one of the most important truths i've found which is at the root of all all healing and at the root of living your best life now is self-love you have to really like that's at the root like everything else all the other personal development stuff and all the other strategies it's all pie in the sky if you don't love yourself if you don't truly love and accept yourself and uh, so I'm glad to hear that, that you're on the same path. That's that's good to know. I, and, well, you said something really critical, being on the path, because I mm. don't think it ever ends. And, mm. and self-love means being the best you can be, because if you're not the best you are, how can you be the best for them? 100%. Yeah. So absolutely right. Dead on. It's, you're much a, wiser than your age. I love that about you. Thanks, that. brother. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, um, I'm working on it. I'm on the path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean, I, I want to know... Um, your best life now, specifically, what is it you guys do? Um, you know, interestingly enough, um, when we got into this, it was January of 21, me and uh, two partners. And uh, one of, well, two of them had been in that self-improvement era genre where they were going, you know, learning from some uh, people that I prefer not to mention, mm-hmm. um, but they're doing great things and they're doing wonderful things. And they came to me and they said, you know, Um, we'd like to do something because we see something missing in this self-improvement. And, uh, and, and what they said was, you know, we'd like to do something where the community is the most important thing, not just the leadership. So we'd love you to be a strategist and a business coach. And, and, and we have, they, they each have their own talents as well, Mm -hmm. but we want to build this on four pillars and we call it four F's, right? And they're very simple. It's like most of the things in my life, faith, family, fitness, and finance. And uh, we feel like it gives a good direction and a good center for where we can take some people of high net worth and give them strategies to build their businesses and grow. But also we found that they're missing something in their life. If they're that successful in business, that something had to give. And so we bring people back into this center where we, we talk about faith and we talk about their families and, and it, sometimes it can be painful, but we don't, we offer a space where there's no judgment and we try and help with the direction that they choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then we try and lead by example. 
Um, cool. So, you know, we have this community and we found that we've, we've, we have four trips a year and each one of those trips deals with one of those four F's, right? And so we try and pick a location where we can have content, but we're not like other places where you go and you spend 14 hours in a room at this beautiful place learning content. Instead, we change the game by doing four, maybe five hours of content today and then focusing on community and being cool. together and learning about each other and, mm. and having fun yeah, and growing. And uh, it's, it's really taken off. And, um, you know, uh, if you go to our website, you can see some of the adventures that we've been on and it's just, it's amazing. And we're mm. enjoying it and having a great time. And uh, like I said, it's put me on the path to uh, I've grown so much because I've done a ton of research in different fields and everything. And I love that. I'm an economist by trade, a data, data-driven animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also enjoy the growth in here. And so mm-hmm. we're seeing that. So it's amazing. It's, a, cool. it's a relatively young company, but we're growing and, and we're doing well. And, and uh, the feedback we're getting from our community, which is the number one thing, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, one of the things I've realized is, is when you, when you're, I, I believe in being a conscious business person or a conscious entrepreneur, you know, and I, I really believe that at its core, what that means is everything in your business is a, a, a reflection of you, but it's also, it's a, um, a form of energy. Your business is, is an expression of the energy that you're putting out into the world. Right. And that whatever energy you put out comes back. So I think, when I hear about things like that, where you, you're going and having fun and people are learning and growing, that's conscious business. Where, whereas there's other types of business. Um, I'm guessing these people who you prefer not to mention are more involved in those types of businesses, which are just a vehicle for the ego of the, of the leaders, um, for the leader's ego, right? So, Well, I don't know that I wouldn't say necessarily ego, but I think that it's driven um, from a, a point where they're directing and in, in teaching. And mm-hmm. I think that anytime you're in a group with people like you, entrepreneurs that have demonstrated success on, on their level, that it, it was the big thing for me. Cause I, I had some of the old mentors. I had Lou Holtz. I had, I had really old time guys, right? Zig Ziglar and <laughs> Zig those Ziglar, kind of guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, but you know what they were really, first of all, they all enjoyed what they did. Secondly, they were all about giving uh, you know, Lou Holtz was, he energized his people. He didn't get it from the win. He got it from where his football players ended up and he followed them through their lives and stuff like that. And it was amazing. And so when I, these guys came to me to ask me to be a partner, I said, only if it's that, I don't need to be that in my life. I don't need to be that leader per se. I can be mm-hmm. a leader by serving, but I want to enjoy the community and see what I can learn from these great people. And, and there's so many great people out there. It's it's a, it's a shame that we limit our scope. Yeah, I, it's such an interesting thing you say because I, I've realized, uh, you know, that's it's the it's the nature of the universe. It's the nature of reality. Is is we're all connected in some way. So when you help others and when you help the whole, like that's when you're rewarded the most because you're ultimately helping yourself. You know, and it's when you're ultimately selfish, you can you can achieve things, but there's a limit you know, like there's always this cap on how far you can go when it's all about you. Uh, and I remember a very, very intelligent man once told me that and it changed the course of my life. Um, so Dean, 
I see that you're, you're a lot about systems and automation, which is, uh, that is something that's very close to my heart. Um, I remember it used to drive my ex-wife nuts because <laughs> I, she used to call me systems man, because I really believe that systems are one of the keys to freedom. I believe that almost everything in the simulation we call life, if, if you look at it, there's a tendency towards organization, um, not chaos. There's actually a tendency towards systematization. Uh, if you come in my house, it's kind of scary, the systems I have. Like I, I'm pretty strict with that. I'm pretty disciplined with that. Um, and I, it's been my experience that things tend to flourish when you impose order upon them. I, I think that's like, I think, in, in fact, you spoke about potentially being sexist earlier. Uh, I believe that that is the, the core um, mission of the male spirit on this planet is to impose order. I, I think the female spirit is a lot more chaotic and flowing and the male spirit is an orderly spirit. So I, I believe as a man, if you're a, a uh, I mean, some men are more feminine and some men are more masculine. I think if you're a, a more masculine type of man, generally you will have this desire and you won't feel fulfilled until you've imposed order on something, whether that's your own internal environment, whether it's your immediate environment, like your house, whether it's your business, whether it's your family unit, whether it's your community, we have this tendency to impose order. So that's a long preamble, but what I'm trying to ask you is systems and automation. Where does, where did you start thinking along those lines and, and how do you implement them in your life and business? Well, you know, it's funny because we talk about earlier, uh, both being martial artists and uh, one of the things that I learned in martial arts is that everything in martial arts is a system, right? Uh, you start, you build, it's like math. I'm a great, great in math. I was doing calculus in my head in high school. And it's all about systems and building blocks in order so that you can attain the next level because you have to have a foundation. And so I started it because I had anger, little anger management when I was younger. My dad was in the military. He said, we're going to fix that. So he got mm -hmm. in, got me into martial arts with the guy that mm -hmm. stopped. He, he trained special forces in the Air Force. And so he was really good at, at making sure that we got in line. But it's like you said, even though it was order, it gave me freedom. Because once I understood that, that I could build on a foundation and I could continue to grow on that, then it relieved me of some of these stresses on how would I do it? Mm -hmm. And so when we're strategizing in business, um, you know, I studied economics and, and you look at the, the past, you take the data and then you forecast ahead. Well, you can't do that without systems to understand how everything works in our economy. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the same in business. When I was running a mortgage bank, it, it was the same. I understood where the inflow was. So I, I got my funnels in order. I understood how to take care of my customers. Once you put in place standard operating procedures, you understand mm -hmm. the job descriptions. But most importantly, you understand the people that need to do those jobs. And once you find the people that have the skill sets to match that job description, what happens to them? They have set expectations that fit in the framework of their skill sets and they blow up. So mm -hmm. through order and through organization and systems, you identify the right people for the right job and you put them in a place where they can do their very best. And when you do that incrementally throughout a company, if everybody's production increases by 10 to 15% because they like what they're doing and their skill set matches the job instead of just pay, 
getting a paycheck, <coughs> they become happy. The culture improves. Their productivity goes through the roof. Mm. All because what we think is really orderly is in order to put people in the right places to do the right things. Mm. And so those systems grow companies. And then you put automation in place. And automation is things that do routine things at a high level with a high expectation. And the result is increased productivity, increased efficiency, increased happiness. Why? Because people are getting the outcomes that they want, mm -hmm. whether it be an employee or an entrepreneur. You know, some employees, I'll tell you a quick story just to, so you can understand a system. I took over that mortgage bank. It was very large. Mm -hmm. I had cashiers that have been cashiers for 10 or 15 years. Right. Wow. And, and so I said, look, here's the job. The job has this salary range. If you want to pay increase past that job, you have to take another job. And we coded, coded them and everything. And what people didn't realize is that, Hey, I like this job. And I said, great, you do it great. I don't need to push you anywhere. If you want to do that job, do it, do it well. I will protect you in that job. Just don't expect to make $100,000 doing that job. He goes, I have no expectation of that. And you've told me a path that if I wanted to go that way, I could. And sometimes it's just a simple understanding of somebody's in the right place to do the right thing and they love it. Leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but I had that system. They could operate in that paradigm and be happy as long as they were doing their job the way they wanted to do it. And they were happy. So guess what? They did the job the right way. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm reminded of the something I've been reflecting on a lot, a lot for several years is there's this expression, which is um, most people you know, people say, oh, I've been in this field and I've got 20 years experience, but what they really have is like one year of experience that's been repeated 20 times, right? And uh, <laughs> I heard that say just a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah. I was like, that's true. That's something to it. But listening to what you said, that's okay. Some people, some people aren't looking for the challenge and the growth at work. They look, they want work to just be something they go and they do for eight hours and then they go home and that's their challenges, their, their hobby or whatever it might be. Um, and no judgment on them. It's it's just, I, I think I would probably go out of my mind if I did this exact same thing in the same way uh, for 15 years. That would drive me nuts. Uh, <laughs> Dean, but Dean I, I wouldn't say that people would consider us normal based on our backgrounds anyway. So that's probably a safe statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, difficult question for you, Dean. Uh, and... I really hope you give me an honest answer. I know you will because you seem you seem like a straight straight up guy. Do you have any prejudices that you've admitted to yourself? That I've admitted to myself? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I do. Uh, I have a prejudice right now that just I fight with all the time because there's there's this philosophy that people that have, that have done well, that because of that, that we should take for them and supply to the rest. Okay. Mm -hmm. This attitude that, you know, uh, and, and we have a president and I don't, I, you know what, I'm at the age where I don't care. We have a president in the United States right now that believes that 
the people that happen to pay 70% of all tax revenue in our country, right? The top 10% are not paying their fair share. They also only happen to use 5% of the services of this country and they're not paying their fair share. And the philosophy that we have in this country um, that goes against everything I was raised with, and I was raised by Democrats that were poor, uh, but had a good work ethic and wanted to elevate themselves, right? Um, they want to take what's not theirs and redistribute. And I have a really big problem with that because my philosophy is instead of doing that, why don't we teach people how to be wealthy or give them financial literacy instead of these cultural tools that they think are really important, which in the real life, they don't matter at all. You know, teach respect, teach, uh, you know, how to get ahead. If not, teach how to manage money, teach how to deal with banks, teach how to get ahead, teach how to improve your life from your position, no matter what level you're at. And so I deal with that because, and it's very hard for me because I believe that we should work together as a country and as people. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very hard to work together with those two paradigms. And uh, so I try and work through people to help me deal with those paradigms. Because mm -hmm. when you deal with people that have those ideals, they don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't really care what you have to say. And they don't want to solve a problem. They just want to take. And I like to solve problems. And I'd much rather teach the kids, and I'm, and I'm fighting with the school districts to do this, to teach financial literacy, to teach about credit, to teach about checking accounts, to teach about how to handle money. And to do this one thing right here, th this is what really just infuriates me. When I ran that company, we had a 401k plan and we wanted participation. In our country, only 30 to 35% of the people participate in a 401k. Mm -hmm. It's it's ludicrous. It's free money that they don't participate for their own end. Well, I had more than double that participation. Why? Because I sat down with my people and I said, look, you're 26 years old. The average American spends $52 a week to $59 a week on coffee and lunches. If you took that money and you put it in your 401k, by the time you were 65, you'd have a million dollars, regardless of your social security, regardless of all of that at a wage of 30,000 a year. But we don't teach how to people that make 30,000 a year how to be a millionaire. We teach them that it's not fair what happened to me. I want what you have. <laughs> and it's not, and, and so yeah, I have a prejudice against that. Yeah, well, I appreciate, I really appreciate you admitting that. And, uh, you know, I'm someone who considers myself apolitical. I, you know, one of the interesting phenomena that I have, or phenomenon, um, an interesting phenomenon that I've noticed is one of the one of the great gifts of my life is that I've been in close proximity and able to form relationships with truly extraordinary self-actualized people. And these people run the gamut from, uh, they're from all walks of life. They're from all political backgrounds, from all, they, they all have different ideological beliefs. And because I don't pick, a, I have no dog in that fight, right? Like I live in America, but I'm not yet a citizen. So I can't vote even if, even if I wanted to, right? So I'm, I believe that I'm able to look at the, the arguments with a reasonably open mind, even though I do have prejudices of my own. And what I've seen is that 
I'll have two friends who've got completely, they're on, on different ends of the spectrum. One is left-leaning, one is right-leaning, or conservative and liberal, or whatever you want to split that dichotomy. And I'll ask them for uh, their, their viewpoints on a certain topic. And I'll go to person A, who's the liberal guy, and he will give me the most well-reasoned, well-argued, intelligent uh, viewpoint. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll feel myself swayed and I'll feel myself convinced. And then I'll go to the person who's right-leaning and he will give me an equally well-reasoned, well-argued, intelligent viewpoint. And I'll start feeling myself get swayed. And what I've realized is like, there are no, there are no easy answers to, the, to these things that, that trouble society, right? Like there's, there's, it's, it's very, very rarely black and white. Um, having said that, I do appreciate your opinion. And I do think that, um, you know, a lot of people, especially in countries like this, have that take mentality. But there is another side to the story. And um, either way, I'm, I'm so impressed with you that you're able to admit that prejudice. Thank you for sharing it with me. Well, you know, it, I, I call it a prejudice. And, and the reason why it's gone to that point is because um, I don't believe in politics dictating correct action. Mm -hmm. I believe that what has happened in our country is that people don't do enough research. They don't learn. And, and what used to happen in our country is that we had this 60% to 70% in the middle. And we, this is what's missing from our country right now. And those arguments, respect. If we respected each other's opinion and listened, then it's not a matter of swaying. It's a matter of compromise. And compromise, like in, in a, a family, in a marriage, those are all things that everybody realizes we have to do. And mm -hmm. we're losing that because of ratings and media presentation and everything. And everybody gets, everybody gets a tagline and they think they get the whole truth and they don't. And you mm. have to delve into it. And it's laziness on both sides. Mm. It's the extreme on both sides. And I think if we just reel in and start respecting each other again and respecting opinions, then we can, we can get back to the point where we can have compromise because you're absolutely right. There is no right answer for any given thing. Mm. I do believe that there has to be financial literacy taught to every child that every child needs it because every child will be exposed to it. I do sure. believe that we have to teach each other compassion and those that can't take care of themselves should be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe in those things and those concepts because, you know, they're obvious when you look at some of the other things that I've told you about community, about helping each other, mm -hmm. about learning mm -hmm. from each other, like you, I was exposed to some and am currently exposed to some amazing people on both sides of the fence. But, you know, the characteristic of those amazing people is they do listen to each other mm -hmm. and they don't always agree. And they may walk away with their same opinion. But I think that they got elevated in their thought process by listening to the other side. People laugh mm -hmm. at me, but I don't listen to my beliefs over here. I listen to the opposite beliefs because I believe they have, like you said, there's reasoning there, there's belief there. And how can I make an argument if I don't understand their perspective? Sure. So uh, perspective, respect, 
those are things that are the cornerstones for everything. And, and when we fought, and I don't know about you, but I, when I was fighting, uh, the, the, the one thing that my instructor always said is that, you know, Dean, a lucky punch is just as good as a good punch. <laughs> and if you're in the ring and you don't respect the other person that had the courage to get in the ring with you, then you're going to lose. Yeah. And so you always have a highest level of respect for that person that gets in there, whether you agree with them or not, whether you don't like them or not, you respect them. Mm-hmm. And uh, respect is just a key cornerstone that can solve a lot of those problems, I think. Yeah, for sure. Especially if, if we look at it on a maybe a, a deeper level, this idea of respect, if you if you look at everyone that you meet as as someone who is carrying within them the great spirit, right? Or a part of the great spirit that you are a part of, that you were created by as well. And you just keep that in your mind. I do that whenever I meet someone, especially if they're irritating me on some level, I just think to myself, <laughs> like, this is a this person is me in another way that's reflecting something back at me that I'm, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation maybe for, for the next podcast. But yeah, um, having respect is, uh, it's huge. Dean, my man, I really appreciate uh, your energy and your spirit and you, you, you brought like a really cool conversation to the table. Uh, if those listening to you want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to go? Um, you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm not a big social media guy. They're, they're transitioning me to that. Okay. But uh, we also have uh, www.yblnow.com, which is one of the businesses that I'm involved with that, uh, that uh, shows some of those characteristics that you and I talked about. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, other than that, that's pretty much it. I, uh, you know, I'm going to grow in that space. So when you go awesome. to YBL now and Facebook, I'm going to start dropping some other ways to contact me. Awesome. Awesome. Dean, thank you so much for your time, my man. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you. If you guys follow me on social media, which I'm hoping you do, it's at coach Nick G on Instagram. And you can find me in Nicholas Gregoratis or at coach Nick G on on Facebook, you will have seen that I posted a picture recently of me standing under a a bright fluorescent sign that said good vibes only. And (laughs) that really epitomizes what I'm about. I'm always seeking to not only create good vibes, but to be around good vibes. And it interests me, you know, there's this, I'm starting to identify this pattern in, in some of my guests is that they're these guys like Dean who have a good vibe and they've, they've come from similar backgrounds. They've all created successful businesses. They've been successful entrepreneurs. And then they've gone on to the next level. They've overcome survival and, and this need to hustle because they've, they've done that already. And now it's time for them to give back. And I just really appreciate the, the energy they exude. The only other type of people or type of person I've met that has that kind of energy is generally someone who has a vocation that centers around being in their body. So this this is people like Pilates instructors or dance instructors or uh, yogis or martial arts instructors, people that have work that requires them to be very much in their body and, and maintaining their body all the time. And you know, there's definitely other ways to be happy and healthy, and there's definitely other vocations that can lead to fulfillment. But, you know, as someone who's, I like to think, very observant about life, it seems to me that the happiest people I see, especially later in life, are those who 
are either uh, entrepreneurs, specifically entrepreneurs who've built their business in a very conscious way, or they're people who have very uh, physical vocations, people who've looked after their bodies and are very in their bodies with their work. So that's just food for thought. Um, it's a pattern I've noticed. Let me know if, if you've recognized that as well. Or if you think I'm talking total shit. <laughs> um, guys, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet got a copy of my book, Aligned, you can get it at coachnickg.com forward slash book. Even if you don't want to read the book, uh, it's a good idea to sign up there because then you'll go on my email list. And what I do on that email list is I share all the stuff I find really cool in life, whether that's the supplements I've been using or the fitness equipment I've been buying or, you know, if uh, understandings or insights that I've had. I'm pretty proud of that, that email um, list because I, I only ever send out cool stuff and I provide a lot of value there. So if you are what I'm the type of person I'm hoping you are, which is someone who's actively trying to guide his evolution and growth and just become the best version of, of himself, then I highly recommend you go and sign up to that list and get a free copy of my book. It's coachnickg.com forward slash book. And remember, that's Nick with no K. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dean and I'll see you in a week. Well, you'll hear me in a week. Until next time, remember, we're all alone in this together. <laughs>